Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Yes, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. A highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Yes, I feel kind of like uh, Brent Spiner in uh, the first Independence Day movie, where he plays a weird scientist at mm. like uh, Section Fifty One or whatever it's called, Area Fifty One, and he's like, "Obviously, the last few days have been very interesting. Things have been turning so, so many interesting things have been happening with Star Trek these last like." Six, seven days. So much news. It's very intense. We're going to address it at the end of the episode, but we're going to power through. But I just want to let you know, it's been very exciting over here at uh, at Set Phasers HQ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we have discussed how to move forward. Well, yes, indeed. Been trying to right. frantically pull it together how to move forward. Yeah. Oh, no. We have, listen, we have plenty of time. We have almost three months. Mm. So today we will be discussing episode four of season one of Star Trek Discovery. It is entitled The Butcher Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry. Indeed. And today's episode is brought to you by Stardate 10731.8. Thank you for that. Hell of a sponsor. Of course. Yeah. It's a, it is a hell of a sponsor. And we are your hosts. I am Steph Manns. And I am Aki Burmese. Awesome. Aki, let's do our rundown. Time to run it down. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? What just happened? Can you run it down for me? You have, um, it's become like a thing now. I wasn't even prepared for that. You've got like, you're doing a hand jive. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what happened. The music just takes over me. And it happens. I'm not mad about it, Steph. I'm not <laughs> mad about it. Okay, let's talk about this episode. So if we begin with uh, a blasted landscape, uh, there's lightning coming down and, and structures arising up from primordial rock. And we're like, what the what is happening? And uh, then we zoom out and we find out that uh, that's how you make a Starfleet suit. Uh, Michael's suit is being created in the suit creator um right well that's kind of cool we knew that that's a, that's not a that's a new thing it was just a weird sort of scary way to start out the uh the episode i thought yeah was it like a sort of tailored suit that was being created yeah i assume it makes a suit for you specifically mm. right i mean you you do your thing i guess so and that, but it makes it in in a drawer for you it's like uh when you order the food you know you're like a computer you know earl gray hot mm. make me uh make me a blue onesie with with silver stripes <laughs> uh so she gets her blue onesie with silver stripes and she puts it on and she's looking at herself and she's kind of like contemplating this as we know michael has just accepted the offer to work on the discovery after having been well being a prisoner for having basically started a war by uh, engaging in mutiny against her former captain. So everyone's a little freaked out about that. Mm. Uh, in walks everyone's favorite, Sylvia Tilly. 
And uh, she says that Michael was in the shower and that something had gotten pinged and that she ran down to the PO to pick something up. And she's holding what looks like a weird boom box. And she hands it to Michael. And it turns out to be uh, like, she's like, you should check it out. Michael puts her hand on it. Uh, and it says, last will and testament of Philippa Georgiou. And Michael's like, absolutely not. That is the aforementioned captain whom she mutinied. Um, so she just shoves mm-hmm. it under the bed and she and Tilly share a very awkward moment in their quarters, which they are blissfully relieved of by Michael being called to the bridge. And Michael's walking down the hall and she's like, okay, well, that was awkward, but let's get to work here on the Discovery. She opens the turbo lift. Who's in there? But Saru, Commander Saru, who also has, there's no love lost between uh, Michael and Saru. And Saru is, he's a, a Kelpian. And they have, I don't know if we've ever discussed the Kelpian biology. The ganglia. The gang, the threat ganglia. They have these things that come out of the back of their head when they sense a predator is near or hunting mm. or danger. Uh, it's described as the approach of death by Saru himself in the first episode. In any case, he's in the elevator with Michael and his threat ganglia come a flying out. And Michael's like, hey, tell your threat ganglia, I'm not here to uh, ruin anything. And Saru's like, my threat ganglia are not uh, appeased by that. We are not, <laughs> we do not feel good with that. And so there's, it doesn't seem like things are really going to patch up easily between Michael and Saru. Mm-hmm. They open the door to the turbolet, they come out onto the bridge, and it's chaos. There's a Klingon thing, and boom, 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 pew, 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 and Captain Logan's like, yeah, fire, we're, give me the water solution, and you, Ensign, do the thing with the thing. Uh, and then uh, ship flies that, boom, 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 and it shoots the Enterprise, and he says, we're all dead, and he turns around, and it was a simulation the whole time. Do you think everyone else knew that, or was it just, did he, like, throw it on everyone? Because we're not sure. We don't know. I think they would have known it was okay. a simulation. I don't know. Because right? he sort of seems like the kind of guy that he'd just, yeah. like, throw it on them. He's a strange guy. Like, yeah, he would mm. pull in an elaborate ruse to make them think they're actually being attacked by Klingons. You know what? I wouldn't put it past him. Probably he has some real issues. So, anyway, he basically gives them a stern dressing down for not defeating the imaginary Klingons. Tells them to do better. He says, Saru, run the simulation again. And then he takes Michael down to the creepy room that we saw him at the end of the previous episode. And he says, hey, you and me are going to win this war, not these, uh, like, pencil-pushing nerds upstairs. And shows her the beast that he took off the USS Glenn in the, it's in its containment chamber. And he says, this thing survived Klingon attacks. It survived phaser attacks. I want you to figure out how it did that, and I want you to turn it into a weapon and get back to me ASAP. And boom, we go to the credits after that. Uh, when we return from the credits, meanwhile, in Klingonville. Uh, <laughs> Klingonville. Klingon town. Meanwhile, in Klingon town, the, uh, the, it's Volk and Laurel, who were the two, like, you know, sort of like lieutenants to Takuma. And Volk is uh, looking at some kind of weird display and Laurel comes up and they basically discuss how they've been sitting in the debris field at the binary stars for months since the first battle ended because the ship was immobilized by the war and they have not been part of the Klingon Federation war we suspect they have just been slowly starving on their ship and uh, Laurel's like you got to do something we're here starving we're getting tired 
And she says you should because they don't have a dilithium processor. And so she's trying to... Uh, and we, we all know how important those dilithium processors are. Listen, you're not going to get anywhere in the universe without your dilithium processor. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. You'd just be dead in the water. There's no other way. So Laurel is trying to impress upon him the importance of sacrificing things in order to get things done because he's like, I don't want to take the dilithium processor from the Shenju because they are our enemy and we must cling on mock ta judge, remain Klingon. And uh, she's like, Hey, listen, uh, I come, my family's clan is called the Makai. We're like spies and stuff. And we like get things done. And if you don't want us to starve to death in space and have none of Takuma's followers join the battle and have him be forgotten altogether, then you need to pull it together. And get something done. Um, so that's what's happening in Klingon Town. We switch right back to the ship. Discovery. Uh, Michael is in the room, like, finding out that the big, weird beast is similar to a tardigrade. Which, if you're an extreme nerd, and I hope most of you are, you know that a tardigrade is a microscopic creature that can be found on Earth, but also apparently can live in, like, space and, like, vacuum and, like, incredibly high and cold temperatures. And be, like, a million times the size. This would be, I think, maybe even more than a million. I don't, I actually don't know. I'm not going to pretend I can do the math on that. But let's say many let's orders of magnitude. Yeah. yeah. 70 million times the size of a normal tardigrade. 70 billion. It's 70 billion times. Seven, oh, excuse me. 70 billion times. So much better like that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Any numbers I think I should get close to the mic for. Definitely. 170 yeah. billion. Uh, and in comes Commander Landry, who is, you know, uh, basically like Lorca's enforcer. Landry's like, uh, Lorca thought we'd make a good team, so I'm here to help you turn this thing into a weapon. And Michael's like, mm, actually, uh, it looks like it feeds on, uh, she's like total super-duper nerd mode. She's like, it resembles a tardigrade and uh, feeds on vegetation uh, and possibly is not a predator, I'd be surprised. Uh, and Landry's sort of like, uh, listen, uh, this is not interesting to us. She actually has a great quote because Michael's like, uh, listen, I'm a xenobiologist, okay? And Landry says, Lorca does not care what you are. Lorca isn't interested in what you are. He's interested in what you can do for him. And then there's they stare at each other in silence. Meanwhile, boom, Lorca. We go to Lorca, mm -hmm. and he's eating uh, shrimp? Squid? Shrimp squid? There was, there was legs. There were, like, tendrils. They were, like, long, tendrilies mm. sh shrimp squids. Shrimp uh, squids? That could have been anything. Shrimp squids. Okay. It's a new thing. And, uh, yeah, it's like a very, whatever it is, it's like weird and gelatinous, and he's dipping it in a sauce, and he's eating it, and he's chewing it, and it's gross. And he's doing it at his standing desk because he's a weirdo. And uh, he, gets a, <laughs> he gets a message from uh, Admiral, oh, I wrote down her name because it's Cornwell. Yes. Cornwell. Admiral Cornwell. Cornwell. Sounds very hmm, vanilla, doesn't it? It does sound a little, I'm like, Cornwell? Uh, Lorca. Michael Burnham, Cornwell. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I like Cornwell. Katrina is her first name. Katrina Cornwell. Hmm. Uh, we do. Well, we like yes. her. We, you and I agree. She's great. Um, she's like, hey, Lorca, there's a mining colony on Corvan 2, and it supplies the, the Federation with 40% of its dilithium. This is a big dilithium episode. And it's under attack by 
Klingons and their shields are only going to hold for the next six hours. And the closest ship is 85 hours away. And we need you to use your super duper fancy pants spore drive that can allow you to zip, zap, zoom in any place in the galaxy right away and save these people. Cause otherwise we're going to lose the war. Cause we won't have any dilithium and our ships will be dead in the water. And he's like, I hear you and I can do it. And she's like, are you a hundred percent sure? And he's like, I am a hundred percent sure. And then they smash cut to Sam is telling him there is no way in hell, no way in hell that we can make this ship run. <laughs> do you remember the last episode? What happened to the Glen? All the people got twisted inside out. We don't know how to make this stuff work. Yeah. Uh, and But uh, fortunately, this is Starfleet. So Lorca just says, okay, if it doesn't work, I'm going to need you to make it work before six hours runs out. And and he just storms out of engineering. Mm-mm-mm. So sort of leaving Stamets with like, how do we maybe make this work? So that is the situation there. Uh, we smash cut back to the Klingons. And this is just kind of a weird little, just a little interstitial bit. A Vulcan and Lorel are kind of walking on the ship, and then a Klingon zooms in, and it's Cole. He's the Klingon with, like, the red-painted face. I was talking a lot of smack in episodes one and two to Jakuvma. He was like, I'm out of here. I don't believe him. But he comes and, like, bows low, and he's like, my bad. I came with, like, a lot of attitude earlier, but I really want to serve uh, on this dope, dope ship, even though it's dead in the water, and I'm here to help this war effort. And... Uh, Volk, who I guess is not like super savvy, is like, hey man, yeah, totally. Thanks for coming. <laughs> it's like that. Don't apologize to me. It's fine. Stand up. Cool. You're good. It's like, yeah, yeah. The jocks come to your party and they're about to like trash your house. And he's like, oh, so I'm so glad you came. Um, yeah, no, we're we're totally out of food. Everyone here is starving. But I have this great plan to go to the Shenzhou and get their dilithium processor and we'll be right underway. And we're so happy. You should come. He's like, Takuvma's home is everyone's home, man. Make yourself at home. We have many college references when we're talking about the show. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why either. Maybe I maybe I have a lot to get over in life. I like it. I mean, it's 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 relatable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so we go back to the discovery, and everyone is kind of like, all right, let's do this uh, displacement thing. They go to a black alert, our first black alert. I don't uh know if you want to hit the uh the alert sound uh sure why not black alert that's what they do when they're about to use the spore drive um and uh everyone's kind of free even Lorca is kind of like okay are we ready are we good for to do this and uh michael's still like looking at the animal and like studying information in the science lab and they decide to engage it and then so i think is this the first time we've seen the the ship go into black alert i think it is yes so we got to see the saucer do it's like a thing that it does which is crazy so we're all familiar with how ships go to warp in star trek but we're not familiar with whatever this is like the saucer section literally spins around on like a gimbal and then the comes back level and then the ship just like disappears and shows up somewhere else Presumably Corvan 2, but actually, no, not Corvan 2, next to a star. Supposed to show up on Corvan 2. Yeah, it didn't work. Mm -mm. Uh, Surprise, surprise. What Stamets, your head engineer, said wouldn't work, didn't work. And they have to spend all this time and effort to pull themselves out of the gravitational well of the star, which all of you super nerds will know, that's a pretty strong gravitational well. Very strong. It's like the Iron Man of gravitational pulls. It's a very strong 
I would say it's like, yeah, like maybe 90 billion times how, how more many? strong. Nine, maybe 90 billion times more strong than an average gra- gravity well. I don't know why you encourage that kind of behavior in me, but uh, you seem to be into it. Anyway, everything goes wrong. Uh, Stamets is like, his has his nose broken against the desk. He smashes his head against the desk, and they have to pull themselves out of the sun. Meanwhile, Michael is watching the tardigrade, and it's freaking out during the entire Black Alert, which is giving her some sort of idea. She's working on some sort of something thought. And uh, uh, so they manage to get out of the thing next to the star, and then it's like sort of picking up the pieces. We see Stamets in uh, sick bay getting his severely broken nose fixed with a sweet laser. It's pretty nice. It's pretty. It's one of those, anytime they do something like that in sick bay on Star Trek, I'm always like, that's why I want to Wouldn't that be great? One, it didn't hurt, I yeah. guess. And also it was just super easy. Yeah. There's no like. So let me just, yeah. They always seem inconvenienced mm. by it. They're like, oh, you got to fix fix my nose, please, doc. And it's like, boom. But uh, whatever. Anyway, this is when we meet. Dr. Culber, Dr. Hugh Culber, mm-hmm. played by none other than Wilson Cruz. Played wonderfully. Played wonderfully, wonderfully by none other than Wilson Cruz. And listen, I don't know about the rest of you people out there. I grew up in the 90s. Wilson Cruz is Ricky from My So-Called Life. And that means as soon as he was on screen, I may or may not have let out. Uh, Do you applaud? I like, yeah, it was, but it was like a screaming applause. It was like, yeah, that kind of like freaky, like <laughs> I just wasn't prepared. No one told me Wilson Cruz was going to be in this the first time, so I just was delighted. As the doctor, it was great. Anyway, he fixes Stamus's nose. Lorca shows up. You'd think Lorca's going to be like, well, that didn't work, but instead he's like, hey, go make that thing work. And Stamus is like, it can't work. We don't have a, we don't know how to use the technology. We got off the Glen. We don't want to twist ourselves into knots. We don't want to turn into like weird soup jello. And Lorca's like, you have five hours and 30 minutes to figure it out. So get down there. And then is as motivation, I guess. He plays the audio of the miners and their families on the mining colony, like screaming and dying, dying essentially, over the shipwide band. So everyone on the ship is just kind of like, uh Awkward. Oh, gosh. Yeah, oh, we better get there. Hashtag awkward. Yeah. Lorca's like, get it done or these people are going to die. It makes me think that maybe you were right about him uh, running that simulation without telling them that it was a simulation. He's a maniac. He is. Hands down. He's hands down an insane an insane maniac. He's their yep. captain. Oh, boy. Megalomaniac, would we say? I would say I would describe him as a megalomaniac. Yes, 100%. Mm. I guess in response to this, Commander Landry, who's like Ura uh, for Lorca, is like, fine, let's get this thing to happen. She does. I, what I wrote down in my notes is Commander does dumb thing. I couldn't even, I could not spare it detail. It's so stupid. It was so stupid. Yeah. It's so like, I'm just going, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to figure it out. So she like grabs a gun off the wall. It was very cowboy. It was so cow. So, uh, yeah, like the, like the guy who showed up. Yeah. Hello. What's up? Retreat. Hell. It's much better out of your mouth than my British mouth. Oorah. Well, no, I like oorah. Oorah. (laughs) Uh, So she grabs a gun off the wall. She releases the force field holding the tardigrade slash beast inside. That's right, because she thinks she sedated it. Yeah, she's like, oh, she's like, why are you sedating? And she's like, oh, I sedated it. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to cut off one of its claws and have you examine it. 
which is like, why would you ever just, you have a xenobiologist here. Maybe they have, but whatever. She's like, great. And Michael's, as she's doing, he's like, we don't know what sedation is going to do to this weird thing that can live in super cold and super heat and inside a vacuum. But she's like, whatever. So she, boop, she holds her gun up. The thing comes rushing out, of course, and tries to run to the doors of the science lab. Her response to this, instead of thinking, is to shoot it with the phase rifle that she's got. And then what I wrote was, Commander does dumb thing, dies. The tardigrade leaps upon her and tosses her around like a weird rag doll. Yep. And thankfully, Michael remembers that the tardigrade had a sensitivity to light, like darkness, so she has the lights brought to full. Tardigrade drops its bloody, meaty prize and runs back in. She closes the thing. She does an emergency uh, transport to sickbay. And there we see Wilson Cruz once again saying, uh, no, she did. She died. She died because uh, she did a dumb thing. I don't know how to say it in any other way. And what does that inspire Lorca to do? He says, she turns to Michael and says, like, figure out how to use that thing. Don't let her have died in vain. So if he's not a megalomaniac, he is like a, an obsessive sociopath, mm. which, you know, we maybe that makes for a good captain. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. So then we jump back to Volk and Lorel, the two Klingons, on um, the Shenju. And they have their sweet, 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 sweet Klingon space suits that make me think of Predator. Because uh, they're like, they have helmets that just like fold into their suit. And they're looking around and they're like, oh, humans are disgusting. And they're down in the engineering area. And they're cutting out the dilithium processor, I guess. And they are definitely engaging a little flirtation, if you catch my drift. Flirtation is what I said. Got it. Yes, thank you. Yeah, okay. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, he's all like, hey, you were around. Are you jealous that I'm the leader? And she's like, no, I'm not jealous. You're the leader. I prefer not to have the mantle of leadership. That way I have freedom of movement so I can protect you and like get things done that you need. And he's like, looks at her and he's like, I'm very lucky to have you. And she's like, uh, yeah, or whatever. Should we take out this processor? And he's like, what? Cause she says, should we uncouple? Oh yeah. And he goes, Oh, 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 oh yeah. And all of this in Klingon. And it's just brilliant. And it's great. And it's yeah. great. Klingon. Yes. Love. Esque, but it's I, a Klingon. Yes, it was funny. What? Because did you not think when we've seen other Klingons before, the way they've courted each other has been much more like forward? Yes. And this was all sort of a bit nervous and oh hello and yeah maybe you like, like me and mm, maybe I like you and I oh I don't know I don't know should we uncouple? Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is a a coquettishness to both uh, Laurel and Volk as they interact with each other, and I think. Listen, I don't want to get off on a tear here, but you know that I will. I think that uh, Volk is just very, he's sort of um, naive, as you can tell from when Cole showed up and he was like, hey, man, come hang out. Yeah, we're just starving here, but you're welcome to come hang out on the ship. Your ship is my ship, man. And uh, Laurel's got like a, she literally says her family comes from like the, you know, the spies of the Klingon Empire. So she just has a very roundabout way of, doing things, saying things. So, yeah, I think we're seeing Klingons in a way that we haven't seen them before. They're not just like these outright blustering warriors, especially the ones who would have been following Takuma, who was sort of an intellectual, a thoughtful, a genius. Um, so anyway, they managed to un 
couple, <laughs> the dilithium processor. And uh, they're like, uh, sweet, let's uh, get this back on board. So we go back to uh, the discovery, and Michael has apparently asked Saru to come down to the science lab. And Saru comes in, and Michael's like, hey, I just want to apologize for, you know, all the weird stuff between us. And Saru's like, you know, even if you apologize, it's not that great, but whatever. You know, I understand. We're here. We're trying to win a war. I don't agree with Lorca's methods, but whatever. And then Michael's like, hey, yeah, I was checking out this uh, tardigrade, and uh, Landry, who died here, thought it was a, a predator. But uh, I noticed that your threat ganglia didn't come out when you walked in here. They surely would have if it was a predator. And he's like, you brought me in here just to test this theory of yours. And he's like, you're terrible. And she was like, it was necessary. It was, oh, you know what? That was a Vulcan moment. Was it not? I Vulcan. I can't believe I didn't think of it when we were discussing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, I don't care about your feelings. I have to test my hypothesis. She's Now we know, because of Michael's somewhat uh, uncompassionate behavior with Saru and his probably long-term feelings of betrayal and jealousy with uh, what happened on the Shinju, that... The tardigrade is not a predator. So then she instructs Tilly to go bring her some spores from engineering without telling Stamets. And she's like, you should probably go. And Tilly's like, no, there's nothing I can do. I can help you. And that's going to help us help these miners. Because my, in my imagination, uh, Lorca's playing the like miners dying like every 25 minutes. I just imagine he's like, hey, you thinking about taking a break? Maybe getting a bite to eat? Just want to let you know people are dying. Here's what it sounds like. So Michael opens the thing and she uh, the the force field and she opens up the spores and the spores float out in their blue magicalness and the little tardigrade comes forward with his little anteater mouth full of uh, pincers and he eats the spores and then puts his little feeler on Michael's shoulder and she says hello and I couldn't help but think that's a Vulcan hello <laughs> you know what I'm saying anyway okay that's call back to the first episode. <laughs> So when we get we we then uh, return to uh, the the like Klingon ship and uh, Volk has come back with the realm. They've got the dilithium processor and they find Cole just like living large on the bridge. And he's like, yeah, and everybody's eating. And he's and folks like, hey, what's going on here? And Cole's like, uh, yeah, I brought some food over from my ship for your guys. And now the ship is mine and you're nobody. He's ordered pizzas at the, at the front house. Yeah, he's like, you didn't have any pizza in the fridge, and you went out to get, like, uh, oh, you went out to get, like, healthy snacks, and instead I just ordered pizza. <laughs> and now everybody thinks... I'm the best. I should be running this party. I am the best. I'm Cole. Cole. It's even such a frat boy name, isn't it? I know. He's like, what's up, Cole? Uh, he says the price of loyalty is low for those who are starving. So then he's like, hey, I'm going to kill you. You're a loser. You're nobody. And then... Volk looks at Laurel. He's like, "Remember when we were flirting before and the Shenju and stuff? Maybe you want to like hang out with me and stuff." And she's like, "Uh, here's the dilithium thing to Cole." And she's like, "You're the best." And she takes a big chicken leg or whatever leg they're eating. Because you don't know. Because they they were talking about like eating. <laughs> you really don't know. Uh, Giorgio. Giorgio. Yeah, they said like, "You remember when you ate Giorgio? I saw you smile when you peered peeled the meat from her smooth head." Oh, Klingon Makdajash. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> at that moment, I wrote, et tu, Laurel. <laughs> so sad. Um, it, hurt, it hurt my failings. Uh, okay. So 
then Michael basically explains explains the whole deal to Stamets. And she's like, hey, I think this thing is like symbiotic with the, your spores and thing because in they eat spores and mushrooms and blah, blah, blah. And they start to like hit it off in a weird way. Stamets who basically hates everyone. Right. Because until this moment, he's just, Michael proposes something or hypothesizes and he's like, shut up. What do you know? Yeah. You're a convict. Get out of my face. Right. And suddenly he's like, huh. I think he might be right. As well, she's like, this is a cool idea. And so she's like, why don't we zip, zap, zoom the tardigrade down into your spore garden and see what happens. And then they, they so they transport it to the spore garden and it's like moving around. And, she, and they're both like, oh, it's like eating the spores. And Michael says, like, I think it's talking to them even. And then, you know, he says like, in like a very cute way, he's like, oh, that's not fair. I always wanted to talk. Right. That's that moment of, you know, trust yeah. has been built with him and michael and also with me that was the moment i was like stamets i'll love you forever right because he suddenly not became not an asshole right because he just he had love for his mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> keep it together Burmese. all right so uh once they figure that out they're like oh so i think this thing is the supercomputer this is the thing that can can figure out the spore network and get us to where we need to go that way we're not jumping into stars by accident uh so they hook up the old uh the old tardigrade they put it into the little chamber inside engineering and they fill it with spores and yeah and then in order for the thing to work these huge like needles come out of these two things they got off the gland and go into the tardigrade and it's like it's roaring it's really pretty hard to watch um and michael looks pained Michael looks pained mm. by this. This is a true moment of, of empathy for Michael. Um, because that thing had become her friend. It had put its little weird lip tendrils on her shoulder. Mm. Uh, so that's when we get, bada bing, bada boom, black alert number two. So they use the tardigrade to do the black alert number two. And we cut to Corvan 2. And they're like, shield is failing. And these like Klingon like warbirds are like flying around and shooting at it and then out of nowhere wah 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 boom 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 the discovery shows up and it blows one up right away and it's like over the community Mm -hmm. and then something very weird happens which i thought was kind of cool this is like a redeeming moment for Lorca after all the weirdness because like the Klingon ships are shooting at the Discovery, and it's it's uh, shields going down by like ten and twelve percent each time. And there's like a thirty percent, twenty percent, fifty percent. And Lorca's like, "Hold! I want them all around us. Hold, hold!" And then, uh, which I love, I'll listen. I love that in any movie. I just want to take time out to say, anytime a commander is like, "Hold." hold and they, they always like cut like it's hold and then cut to like a horde running at them and it's like hold anyway that just it just made my day uh and then when the klingons get close enough they they uh they jump is what they call using the sport drive they jump uh to their next location and they use the like weird yeah torsion effect to destroy all the klingon chips yeah and i thought they would they left like a bunch of tornado things yeah torpedoes in yes. fact it seemed like that too. Yeah. And then that's what went off. So they like jumped out, broke the ones close, and got the ones further away. And it, the discovery proved its true dominance in the theater of war. 
Uh, and then there's a cute moment after that when the shields, shields fall and the like miners run out and they're like, who was that? And you just see these ships just fall into the atmosphere mm-hmm. and like disintegrate. Yeah. And you're like, that's right. So it was Star Trek Discovery, baby. Sometimes I, I sing when I get too excited. Uh, okay, so we know Michael's concerned about the tardigrade and we go back to Volk now. Lorel, in addition to like stabbing in the back, is like, I know what we should do with this traitor. And we're going to leave him on the Shenju to starve and freeze to death. So he's standing on the Shenju by himself. And he's like, I can't believe they're going to leave me. He's so naive and like sort of just so goofy and trusting that he's like talking out loud like, my friends. Yeah, this sucks, man. He's like this Labrador puppy. Yeah. he's Yes, exactly. Uh, and he's looking around at the like Starfleet stuff. He's nah, he breaks a couple things. Uh, but then... Lo and behold, Lorel shows up behind him, and he he's like about to like kill her or something. She's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" It was the only way I could get you out the ship, baby. Uh, so here's what we're gonna do: we we have to find a way to get you power because Cole's too strong now. He's too strong, but he's got no courage and he's got no intelligence. And we need to start a resistance within the Klingon Empire for you to take over the Klingon Empire. But it's gonna require some serious. Like, you know, some serious sacrifices. You're going to have to give up a lot in order for this to work. And Volk says, what must I sacrifice? And Laurel responds, everything. Everything. All right. So then we go into our first uh, Tilly time. Well, our only Tilly time of the episode. Um, Because this is, are you going to, let's do it. Tilly time. Tilly, don't be silly. Tilly. Oh, yeah. Listen, there's nothing better because Tilly is perpetually sort of self-doubting and uses a lot of extraneous language. But when she wants to inspire you, you're going to get the message from Tilly. Sylvia Tilly does not mess around. So Michael is like sort of feeling weird that the tardigrade is not doing well. And they're back in their quarters where the episode began. And uh, Michael's sort of contemplating things. And Tilly says, you know, you should you should open up that. That, that thing from Georgia, she would have wanted you to have it. It wouldn't have traveled mm. this whole universe to come to you, the whole galaxy to come to you. Uh, you might as well open it. And so Michael resolves herself. This is like Tilly showing some, you know, real executive or, or, or uh, officer chops. She's like, hey, mm-hmm. get it together. So Michael gets it, opens it up. Uh, and it's a the last one's testament of Philippa Georgia. Looking and- beautiful. Yeah, well, it's Michelle Yeoh. So well, I know, but you know, just the hair is perfect. I'm because I well, looked at that, and I was like, "Oh, your hair looks so good." Well, this is she was like, "Hey, this is going to be my last will and testament. I'm going to make sure it looks good." Yeah. yeah, and she probably recorded it before the meeting. Of course. Um, yeah, she would have had to because she, she was know, dead several hours thereafter. Sure. So it's even more meaningful. Anyway, George is like, "Hey, I left you this thing that means the most. It's super important to me." And uh, I think you should have it. And Michael, oh, she says, Michael, I'm as proud as, of you as if you were my own daughter. And when you, they open up the, the box, it's a telescope. It's George's ancient telescope, which she said has been handed down generation to generation. Yep. And now it's coming to Michael. And she says, you know, this is important. To know yourself is to know others. So, or to know others is to know yourself. Either way is what she says. Yep. And, uh, that is where episode four ends. Boom. 
do we want to talk? Well, there's not any. There's not any big stats here, but we should talk about. I mean, listen, it wouldn't be right. She was an executive officer. She was. She died. I let you do it. I think we should. Commander Ellen Landry, you uh, served Lorca faithfully. He made you his number one, his chief security officer. You were smart. You were tenacious. You knew what it meant to get the job done. But you did one very, very, very dumb thing for no apparent reason other than you felt like you could. And for that reason, you were ripped apart by a giant, otherwise completely harmless, like space cow. And uh, nonetheless, we salute you. You had faith of the heart. That was perfectly timed, Aki. I, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this is what we do now. Okay, so. Uh, and we do it just for fun. <laughs> we do it just for fun. What a commitment. I guess now is we just. This is our next time time. Uh, do we have any quotable moments? Oh, my God. We do have quotable moments. Did you miss quotable moments? Quotable moments. Easily my favorite drop of the show. Okay, so quotable moments. We got the what must I sacrifice everything, which is just so great. And, oh, the, I love the flirtative, uh, flirtative mm. thing Laurel says. She says, I do not want the mantle of leadership behind you. I am able to move. I mean, come on. That is some sexy stuff. Hear it in the original Klingon. I don't know how you, uh, you know, keep keep your cool. Did you did you write down the original Klingon? I could not find. No, I didn't. I do you think I tried <laughs> to memorize it? I did. Um, some days I think you might. I I kind of feel like that's something you do in your spare time. To quote Julie Roberts, I got moves. Pretty woman. Seen. Best friend's wedding. I think. I thought I I thought I knew my Julia Roberts films. No, well, no, I'm not entirely sure either, but I'm pretty sure. You know what? That's our next podcast. <laughs> we have actually already discussed this <laughs> as a podcast. We have. Not that any of you care. Okay. And the, well, some mm. of you might. I really enjoyed uh, what Georgiou says at the very end of her will and testament. She says, take good care, but more importantly, take good care of those in your care. Mm. Uh, and that is Philippa Giorgio. Just being 100%. That's what a real captain is like. After all these minutes of watching Lorca kind of like weirdly inspire slash torture his crew, but like they get the job done, you kind of in your head are like, I guess he gets results. Yes, he's a results guy. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah. But then I, you see Georgia and you're like, no, there's, it can be, it's, That's you can it do it better. Be you can do better. It you can, can be better. better. Anyway, those are my quotable moments from today's episode good good choices mm -hmm. this is time for next time on set phasers next time yeah, that was great next time on set phasers we will be well here's the thing so part of the weird news this week so much weird news uh star trek discovery uh announced that season three is starting uh october 15th I know, that's soon uh, in our whole yeah our whole plan was to do this wrap up and then like maybe take a break and maybe the show would come out for the season three next year. But it turns out actually uh, the show is going to start up again uh, in 11 weeks. So uh, we have like 
maybe 25 episodes left in 11 weeks and Steph and I are going to do our damnedest to get through every last one of them. We're going to double up. We're going to triple yep. up when the stories work and we are going to uh so I don't know what to say. We're going to get you ready for season 3. Yeah. That's You're going to get do. you ready for season We're going to do the hard work so you don't have to. You nailed it, Steph. I want to do it without you. Okay, so <laughs> next week we are going to do episodes five and six, which are Choose Your Pain and Lathe, respectively. Lathe, I had to look it up. I remember looking it up two years ago. It is uh, one of the six rivers in the uh, underworld in Greek mythology, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so the next two episodes are going to be a pretty light-hearted romp through... Uh... <laughs> you do love a good romp, don't you? I, I'm a, I love a good romp. <laughs> It's, I'm not such a me. So listen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, I'm sorry if we're punchy, but we're just so excited about these uh, mm. the new Star Trek properties coming out. If you enjoyed this program, you can catch us every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook Live or as a podcast every Monday, wherever podcasts are made to be gotten. So subscribe. <laughs> what he said uh we are on facebook and instagram at set phasers podcast feel free to follow us and join in the conversation of all things trek and we welcome the conversation of all things trek whichever uh series of star trek you want to talk about we are all on board that's right we know it all we have faith of the heart and if you'd like to support our continuing mission to discover what discovery has in store for us we would only be delighted you can patronize us we can take it by going to patreon.com slash set phasers and like signing up for one of those levels. There's like some sweet, weird, nerdy rewards. You nerdy get to things. Be very nerdy stuff that you can do with us. Ensign, Lieutenant, Commander, uh, I think. Those yes, are right. That sounds about right. Those, <laughs> get different things with us. Right. We can have watch parties with you. We can have right. Ask Me Anythings. We've got loads of things going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Might be a return mm -hmm. to Kapla Corner. Who knows? Ooh. Ooh. I got a bit excited there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well anyway until next time i'm steph mans and i'm aki burmese and this has been set phasers a highly illogical star trek podcast computer and program <laughs> 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 <laughs>